This is Jeff and Rick, and we are in another conversation today with Jennifer Rainey. And Jennifer, welcome. Thank you for for doing this for us. And I'm going to tell the folks uh, why we wanted to talk to you. And one of the big reasons for me, selfishly, is because you being one of the fellow encouragers in this work of trueness, you've been sharing what you've been hearing and what you've been reading with many others as part of what you do. But we so appreciate that. And we want to thank you for that. But also that just really drew us to you, not to not to discount the fact that we both know you. And for those listening, Jennifer is a practitioner and consultant for organizational effectiveness. And I want to right now tell you to write this down and go out and do a search on this for for something that Jennifer does that's really great, and it's called Through the Door of Possibility. So you should be able to do a search on that with her name, Jennifer Rainey, R-A-I-N-E-Y, and that is uh, Through the Door of Possibilities, where she does some curation of great information for leaders. Yeah, Jennifer, you know, um, we've had an opportunity to talk a little bit, right, prior to today, and I know that you're familiar with you know, some of the stuff that we're doing and in particular, you know, this idea of the three P's, right? Passion, purpose, presence, and kind of how we weave those together and wrap them all up. But which of the three P's resonates the most for you? And it might just be now at this particular juncture in your life or your career. And why? Well, thank you both for inviting me to be a part of this this piece of your work, um, as Jeff mentioned, I've, I've been following this for quite some time since it actually launched. And I certainly appreciate the opportunity to be involved even more so. And uh, to answer your question, Rick, which of the three P's resonates more strongly with me? And I, I would certainly have to say purpose. And it's knowing the why I'm doing something and having that knowledge that I'm providing a specific value and helping someone. And then because I can connect what I'm doing with a significant purpose, then I in turn feel the value, which gives me the energy and the passion and just reinforces my ability to be present with whoever it is that I'm helping. Ooh, I like that. Reinforcing the ability to be present. I'm writing that down, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think last time, you know, in our last conversation with Ted Seneff, we talked a lot about uh, presence because that's, you know, being present is really one of the things he talks, he likes to talk about. Um, and has focused on over the years. Not to say that you know we didn't talk about a little bit about everything, but um, so so let's zero in on, on on purpose a little bit more. So for you, right? So understanding and being uh, connected to purpose for you is is a driver. Do you find yourself trying to help other people come to the same understanding? I mean, is that one of the things that you focus on, or is that almost uh, secondary and a uh, Nice side effect of the work that you do with people. You know, I think it is more of a, a, a combination of both because um, my mind goes straight to looking at strengths. And when I have a conversation with someone who may have a question about uh, something that they're doing or something that they're they're experiencing, 
my mind always goes to, well, what is it that gives you energy in are you, do you know what your strengths are? And then thinking about those strengths and how you're applying them and if you're even having the opportunity to apply them. And so for me, my purpose is it, it feels like I'm trying to connect them to what their passion is. And then from that, then they can help to identify what their purpose is. So it, it's, I don't know. It's almost like it's flipped. Yeah. No, I, I, t- I totally get that. It's almost like a little reverse engineering, right? Cause it's, Absolutely. They're, they're definitely not sequential. I think that there is, it's a loop, right? So if we just kind of envision a circle, these ideas of passion, purpose, and presence, I think are, you know, each have a position on that circle. And, you know, you can use other words, right? Cause there's all kinds of models. Like Jeff and I talk about this all the time. You know, there's all kinds of models out there with different words and different ways to articulate these ideas. I think for me, the important thing is, is taking the time to sort of slow down and, and zero in on the one that, that seems the most salient. And then that's the one that you can, you can begin to think about. And then I think the other things sort of come into view. So it's interesting that you reverse engineer it, if you will, from passion to purpose, but really it's just choosing one point on the circle and then seeing where the other things might fit in. Do you lead people to purpose or do you allow whatever is going to unfold to unfold? I'm just curious as to your technique or your method. It is more of the latter. I try not to to structure where it is that we're going because it's more of the coaching perspective and it's asking the questions and letting them find their path. And so uh, going back to um, to mentioning Ted Seneff, so years ago when I started facilitating uh, workshops around strengths and understanding your strengths, he had included a quote from Aristotle that just resonated with me so strongly that I I always pull on that in some way, shape, or form when I'm working either with a team or an individual. And that quote is where your talents and the needs of the world cross, there lies your vocation. And when I read that, it's you, you really need to look inside and understand what are your strengths and then what are the needs of the world? So how are you applying those strengths and identifying ultimately what your purpose is, your vocation? And it, it just resonates with me so strongly because I know that I've been in I've been in situations where I haven't had an opportunity to leverage my strengths and at the same time I've been in situations where I'm leveraging my strengths and don't even realize it which is the ultimate definition of a strength is it's something that comes natural to you that you have passion it gives you energy at the same time that you're actually expending energy and helping helping people to realize and embrace that potential, that passion within themselves can help them set themselves on the road to understanding what their purpose is. Ultimately, they can be present in what it is that they are encountering, what they're finding and and looking inside themselves to do that. And Jennifer, uh, you said something in our casual chatting before we started recording that I want people to hear. I want others to hear. And it's your focus on the individual. 
you're, you know, you're a practitioner and consultant for organizational effectiveness, yet you are very committed to a focus on the individuals. Is that correct? Absolutely. And I find that, yes, I can engage in the large-scale initiatives. I can engage in, in planning and orchestrating large-scale events. But where I find I walk away from a conversation, it can be five minutes, it could be two hours, it could be a full day session. But when I'm working with either an individual or a small team to help them take themselves to that next level, then I might be tired at the end of the day because I'm expending energy, but I'm mentally and emotionally jazzed at the same time. Very cool. And and it's very clear, you know, when you said you go straight to looking at strengths, that was definitely what it looks like for Jennifer Rainey to focus on the individual, for sure. Why do you do that? Why is that so for you? I, I'd love to hear that. That, that dedication to focusing on strengths, to focusing on the individual. I know you're very familiar with some strengths tools and so forth. I know that. I read your curations, and, you know, I see that. And those are really wonderful. But but why why do you feel you went that direction? You know, it's really interesting because I've had several, like, very, very strong aha moments in my life, just like just about anybody does. And uh, one of my biggest aha moments was the first time that I ever read a book on strengths. And it was the very first Strengths Finder book, Now Discover Your Strengths. And, it, and I would tell this story oftentimes in any of the sessions that I facilitate where I always found myself helping others learn, whether it was in high school or college or even when I joined the Navy and I'm in Navy boot camp. I'm helping others learn, and that's not my my titled role, but I was always the person that people would seek out to help them study or help them learn something. And the first time I ever took StrengthsFinder, my top five strengths were identified, and one of those was developer, which is I see the potential in others and help them to grow and develop so that they can then leverage that potential. And the interesting aspect of all of that is years earlier, the first time I had taken um, a Myers-Briggs assessment, it told me, oh, yes, you'd be a great you know, teacher, social worker, counselor. And on a funny note is and I always say is but I don't even like people. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you have to be kidding. <laughs> But when I took StrengthsFinder that first time, it just made so much sense. It's not about the large groups, which is what I had been exposed to at the time, but it's about helping somebody at an individual or a small group level realize what they have inside and just being able to readily tap into that. And that allowed me to tap into my own potential and realized that that was there, and it, it became more of a in the forefront of my mind as I began working with people, even informally later on. And it was just the whole idea around leveraging your strengths. It it's not a matter of what's the job that you're doing, but it's are you doing that job with your strengths in mind? 
it doesn't even have to be whether you're working for a company or not. It could be if you're working in a, a charitable organization, if you're part of a community, uh, a network, like the work of Trunus, whether you're leveraging your strengths in the course of doing that. And so a colleague had told me recently, you're a natural information curator. So I went out and started looking for information curation tools and came across the one that I use to to curate information around coaching and trust and leadership and all of those aspects that I hope others can leverage for their own personal benefit and development. That I, lo- I love that that someone said that to you that you know that, that that's your that's your purpose and your brand right there you know what do you do you're a natural information curator that's just awesome that somebody shared that with you and because they felt it they knew it was real they experienced it with you. Well, I think it's a great example too of, of you know the point that that you're making it's what you you obviously your your people see that in you because it's something that you you know dare I say enjoy. You know, the E word enjoy doing, you know, that <laughs> feels good. And so where you can, you, you know, you can build that into the work that you, that you do. And I, I think that's, I think it's a, a great point and I think it's a great lesson. You know, absolutely. Rick, you just made me think of something. Uh, uh, Seth Godin has a, a course for freelancers that's new and this out there. And I think I, I think I actually sent you guys the link to this, you know, because I started listening to it. I thought, you know, okay, I'm not new to be, the freelancing, but I'm going to listen to this, and it's been really valuable. And I've shared it with a couple people uh, that are listening. One who's thinking about going out on their own. The other one is a, a young uh, writer who is on her own. This is just in her first few weeks, and she's already blown through the whole course, 87 videos. I'm just, yeah, just like, how did you do that so quick? But anyway. <laughs> He he talks about at one point he talks about something that you, you made me think of and that is the difference between uh, following that passion or that thing that gives you purpose and a hobby, you know, because people in our society I think truly majority of people truly believe that they cannot go out and make a living or even in an organization have a good position doing what they love. I really think people are held back because they don't believe that's possible. And, and part of the confusion is they think about what they love as a hobby. Uh, God forbid that I try to make a living doing any of my hobbies. <laughs> I love fly fishing, but I'm not really good at it. I, I love photography. And if you want to screw it up, make me have to do it for money. <laughs> you know, so those are hobbies. I wouldn't think about, you know, trying to make a living doing that. But I make a living doing what I love. Jennifer, what encouragement would you offer those who will be listening to this recording? And I would just say to to look at what you enjoy doing. And so to the point that you just made, Jeff, on the difference between having a strength and doing what you love and leveraging that strength. But it's looking at what what are your potential strengths? What are those talents? What are those things that you get lost in doing and that you do well? It's second nature. And and just look inside and think about that. And I've oftentimes had people do this as I'm facilitating workshops and sessions or, or talking with folks is, what do you enjoy doing? If it's connecting to people, then in what way? How are you connecting to people? What about that brings you you joy and passion? 
and then thinking about how you can apply that. Because it's really interesting in that to what you were saying about a hobby. Marcus Buckingham actually says it quite well. And he has, of course, several videos available out on YouTube. But he talks about when you have the passion for something and you have the talent for it, then it becomes a strength. When you take the time and intentionally grow and develop it. But when you have the passion for something, but you don't really have a talent for it, there's a name for that, too. And it's called a hobby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, <that's> good. <laughs> and it's OK to have hobbies. <laughs> yeah. You know, you it's know, not enough just to, to know that you have a strength. You need to take that step further and apply it and intentionally leverage that strength to grow and develop. And in, in his book, uh, Go Put Your Strengths to Work. He talks about, well, as part of the exercise of helping you identify your, your top three strengths, he takes you through an exercise where you sort them out to get to the top three by saying which ones are true strengths and which ones are just a skill being applied. And, you know, I've, I'm trying continually to develop my skills as a fly fisherman. Uh, it doesn't really relate anything to do with strengths. You know, however, You've made a point, Jennifer, that you made me think of that it doesn't mean that I don't learn from the practice and art of fly fishing, because as you guys know, know from my writing, I probably couldn't write if I wasn't mm -hmm. standing in the middle of a stream <laughs> as much as you know I can, because it, it takes me. It, it's a very present activity that teaches me a lot that has nothing to do with fishing. So what would I encourage our listeners in, in following the work of trueness, which again, it is look inside and identify what your, your passions are, what your strengths are. And I, like I said, I go back to that quote by Aristotle. It's what are your talents? And then look at where they're needed. And it could be a casual conversation with somebody. It could be with your neighbor. It could be, um, as an example, I was in a workshop last week where I saw and heard questions from somebody that I had just met that day. And before the class was over, I had written down a couple of resources that here, this could help you with what it is that you're trying to do, because the instructor didn't readily answer his question inside the workshop, but I gave him a direct resource here. You can go here. And so again, I collect information, and another one of my strengths is to connect people to information or people to people. And so in this case, it was connecting people to that information. But looking inside and identifying what your strengths, what your talents are, and then looking for that opportunity to actually put them to work, to, to help them work for you. Because when you have that opportunity to leverage your strengths and your talents, then it gives you energy back. And Jennifer, thank you for that because you brought us right back around and, and made me feel better about not being so selfish feeling about wanting to interview you because you're such a fellow encourager sharing uh, what's happening in the work of trueness with others and connecting others. You've been awesome in doing that. But that also, to bring it right back to you, I, I just I love that brand. You're a natural information curator. So, 
And I had never even heard of that term until my my friend actually said that. And I'm like, oh, interesting. I'd never thought of it that way. <laughs> so I am always open to learning something new. <laughs> Very good. Well, thank you for helping us do the same. And we and again, thank you for your time and being with us in this conversation. It's been great. Thanks. Well, thank you for what you're doing. And so, uh, you know, every time something is posted, I I learn something more or I self-identify something or there's a question that starts me thinking again. And I always find that I, I'm sharing something whether it's in casual conversation or something intentional. But thank you so much for what the two of you are doing as well. Well, you're welcome.